Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Today's Zambon Maseches Brachas is Mem Aleph Mud Beis 41b. We're going to have two sections in today's learning, and we'll begin about six, seven lines from the top of the page. Now, yesterday we left off with two pshatim in the Pasuk of Eretz Chitos, Aira, etc., the Pasuk discussing the seven special fruits of Eretz Yisroel. Rabbi Yitzchak's pshat was that it's teaching us the significance of these fruits in their order in terms of making a bracha. And the earlier fruits in the Pasuk, or the earlier min in the Pasuk, requires a bracha before the others. The Gemara clarifies this position with the story of Rav Hamnuna and Rav Chizda. Now, Rav Hamnuna explained that in a, they were in a se'uda, and fruits were brought out, specifically dates and pomegranates. And Rav Hamnuna made a bracha on the dates, exempting the pomegranates. So Rav Chizda, who seemed to be his Talmud, he said to Rav Hamnuna, L'chayra, as Rav Yitzchak said, the pomegranates are actually earlier in the Pasuk. So why did you make a bracha on the dates, which is, the, it's actually the end of the Pasuk, Udvash, which is referring to the dates, and exempt the pomegranates. So Rav Hamnuna responded, you have to understand is that it depends which fruits are closer to the word Eretz in the Pasuk. And since it says the word Eretz twice, so what emerges actually is the pomegranates, the fifth fruit from the first Eretz, and the dates, Dvash, is the second fruit from the second Eretz. Memela, actually, the Dvash, the, the dates, take precedence to the pomegranates. And Rav Chizda accepted this drasha and wanted to be a student in continuum. But the Gemara accepts this seemingly, and therefore what emerges ultimately is that whichever is closer, whatever fruits are closer in the Pasuk to the word Eretz, regardless if it's the first or second, actually take precedence to exempt the others in regards to the bracha. Okay, moving on now to the second section. The Gemara now goes on to a new discussion, which is certain foods that would require a separate bracha rishona or acharona in association with a bread meal. So the Gemara tells us if there were figs or grapes that were brought within a bread meal, Figs or grapes. So Ibn Machlok is as follows. Rav Huna and Rav Nachman said that only there's a requirement of bracha rishona because these are fruits that are not eaten with bread, so they're not exempted by hamotzi. But Birkas Hamazan at the end would cover for bracha achrona, so they wouldn't make a separate bracha achrona. However, Rav Sheshis argued, and he said, not only does there, is there a requirement for bracha rishona, but since it's not eaten with bread, it also is not exempted with Birkas Hamazan, and you have to make a bracha achrona as well. And Rav Sheshis explains, the only time you'd say rishona and not achrona is with pas hababikisnin. Now, this is a machlokas Rashi Tosfos. Rashi learns that means that after a meal, after Birkas Hamazon, they used to bring out certain grain uh, snack foods. And they were eaten after the meal, but they would only eat a little bit of it, so therefore they would make a initial bracha, rishona, but they wouldn't make a bracha achrona. Some of the rishonim explain Rashi means they would make a bore nefashos. Some of the others learn he just means that they wouldn't make a bracha achrona at all. Tosfus learns differently, and Tosfus explains actually these things were brought before Birkas Hamazon, and therefore they only required a bracha rishona, but not a bracha achrona. But either way, you learn. Rav Sheisha says if fruits were brought out within the meal, you'd have to make a rishona and a bracha achrona. Both of these opinions means both Rav Huna and Rav Nachman versus or Rav Sheishas, they both disagree with Rav Chia because Rav Chia holds bread exempts all foods that are eaten after it, and wine exempts all drinks. Clearly, they disagree. Now, Rav Papa lists three rules in order to understand this subject. Number one, 
If there are foods that are brought to be eaten together with the bread, to wrap or dip together with the bread, and those foods are brought within the meal, then there wouldn't be a bracha rishona or achrona as it's exempted with the hamotzi and birkas hamazon because essentially it's tafel to the bread. If the foods are not to be eaten with bread, Rashi gives an example like porridge, but they are eaten within the meal, and these are sustaining foods. It's the example Rashi said is uh, porridge, they're mezan. So then it would require a bracha rishona, they're not exempted with hamotzi, but it would not require a bracha achrona, because since they're mezan, they give sustenance, they sustain, therefore birkas hamazon would exempt these foods as well. So only a rishona, not an achrona. And the third category is foods that are not eaten with bread. So this is specifically it's like fruits, and they're generally eaten after the meal. So then even if these fruits were brought within the meal, that's how Rashi explains, they would require Rishona and Achrona. They're not exempted with Hamotzi or Birkas Hamazon because, again, they're not considered subordinate to the bread for the Birkas Hamotzi because they're not eaten with it. And they're not included in Birkas Hamazon because they're not Mezan Zayin. They don't sustain a person. Benzoma explains that since wine generally causes a special bracha for Kiddush and Avdala, for example, even if you don't want to drink it. means there's an Indian of wine that you make a bracha, even if you don't necessarily want to drink it, it requires a special bracha. So therefore, even if wine is brought within a meal, it would also necessitate a special bracha, and it wouldn't be exempted by the hamotzi in the beginning of the meal. We're stopping here at the top of Membez Aleph. Ezra Sashem, we will pick up with Membezimut Aleph tomorrow. In the meantime, everyone have a wonderful day.